Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside our Weekend Sports Buzz crew, Gary Love. We got Chris Embry and of course we got our man Doc Parks over there behind the glass producing the show. We got two producers. We got some really good momentum. Last week I was out of town. I was in Fort Lauderdale and you guys, really just you three, right? Yes. Held down the fort for me. So great work. I got some good feedback on the show. And I mean, the, the consistency and the, and the, just the, the continuity that we have going right now is just a great thing. So oh, I, I really appreciate all of your, you know, consistency. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. We're going to have our man, Adrian Jenkins, in studio here at about, about 920, 930 uh, for, for a quick segment, talk a little bit of uh, martial arts. Big UFC card from last night. Uh, John Jones fought. Uh, some big names in the sport. So we're going to get to that and more. But I say it all the time. My man Dugan Ryan tells us the bread and butter for our show is college basketball. Absolutely. I mean, we had a big weekend yesterday, a big Saturday. Watched basketball most of the day. So bunch of upsets. Kentucky took a beating, which most expected. But other than that, how much basketball did you watch yesterday, Chris? I watched a few games. Uh, obviously, I watched Kentucky get uh, dismantled uh, in Knoxville. But uh, I watched uh, some of the Indiana-Michigan State game. Uh, Indiana took care of business. Uh, and uh, who else was it? Uh, oh, I watched some of the Kansas game. Uh, you know, a lot of teams are slipping right now. It seems like uh, – you're getting down to the wire where Selection Sunday's coming up, and some of the favorites are actually taking a couple hits. Well, obviously Kentucky, Michigan State lost. So uh, there was some big, big uh, upsets over the weekend. Let's not let's not uh, jump over the the main storyline right now. Louisville is on a slide. They got a game at one thirty today. Yes, big game. Got to win. They better win. I mean, they, they played a 13 and 15 Notre Dame t- team that's lost 10 of their last 11 games, lost their best player to a torn ACL. Yeah, you've, you've got to get this game because you're not going to get the next one. Louisville's favored by nine points. Once again, the game is 130 today on CBS. Um, so this is huge. You know, if Louisville wants to make the tournament, expectations prior to the seat. I mean, you can break down the numbers all you want. Chris Mack was not given a very talented roster for this season. Very early, very early in the season, they were exceeding expectations. Me being the, trying to be the realist or negative Nancy, whatever you want to call it, um, I remember here on the air saying, guys, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> they were setting records. They were doing things that, that Rick had never done in the ACC, right? Yeah. That wasn't that long ago where everybody was on this honeymoon phase of Chris Mack. Everything's great. Chris Mack's doing great. He's he's doing things, like I said, Rick never did while at Louisville. And they have come right back down to earth. Yeah, I was I was with you, Kelly. Uh, the beginning of the year, you know, they was playing. I mean, they played Tennessee great. They should have won the Marquette game. But they was kind of they benefited off a pretty easy schedule once they started ACC. You know, they feasted on the Wake Forest. They feast on the Pittsburgh. Uh, you had Clemson. I mean, all the lower t- Miami, the lower tier teams, and everybody said all the U of L 
media guy said, wait until uh, February and you'll see what kind of team you really have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've and, and everybody knew they was going to struggle. But the struggles the last six to eight games have been – they've been wild. Yeah, ACC is very tough right now. I mean, they've uh, they'll get the most teams in the tournament out of any uh, conference. Uh, is this a time for the Louisville fans to beat their chest and say, "Look at the SEC; they're down. ACC is going to get the most teams in the tournament again." In your face, we're better. Is that is that a good a good tune to be singing for Cards fans right now, guys? I wouldn't <laughs> think so. Uh, no, the conference is probably tougher. It is it tougher. Is. Yeah, but. They've got more problems than to worry about the rest of the conference. What about Chris Mack? He, he's come across pretty fiery. People have been resurfacing. It didn't take long for that honeymoon phase to be over. They're finding old videos of when Xavier, I'm sorry, Xavier yeah. in Cincinnati would get into the brawls, you know, and that the players were very feisty, and that's the identity of a Chris Mack team. Me personally, I try to be consistent. If I'm going for a team, I like it when they're super feisty. I do. Yeah. So that may be the type of identity that he's getting. But there's the one clip of Chris Mack where it looked like he, he really said some not-so-nice things about his team. Uh, some words that I can't repeat on the air. Uh, but I don't mind that. I mean, he's trying to hold him accountable. Chris Mack is coming across right now as being very fiery. We saw it earlier in the season with the what was it, the halftime interview with, with uh, I forget the reporter's name, yeah. female. Yeah. And he, he just was not happy. But almost like Greg Popovich or something. So what? Chris Mack right now, big game, one thirty p.m. today on CBS. Yeah, I remember when Terrence Jones was called out by Cal and how much heat Calipari took for that. Yeah. And to me, it, stuff like that don't bother me. I mean, you want to hold kids accountable and everything, but going back to Chris Mack, I, you know he didn't think he was going to be caught on camera saying that. Right? Yeah, he didn't plan the moment of. He was speaking his mind. And it almost looked like – Luke Murray put his head down to keep from laughing because he – I mean, it wasn't like he was upset or nothing. I just think it it was comical to him. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's true. This Louisville team, you can look at some of the stats. Uh, four uh, is not a legitimate shooting guard no. uh, option. You know, offensively, he brings really nothing to the table. Christian Cunningham, even that, you know, he can do some things at times. Yeah. But when the competition really ratchets up, Christian Cunningham's not that great. Oh, he struggled big time the last four games. Yeah. Um, four reminds me – well, he's older. Hagen's reminds me of four. Great defensively, but very limited offensively. Okay. Hagen's is obviously on a little bit different level probably athletically. Yeah. Yes. But regardless, you know, it, it's a, a difficult time right now for Louisville fans, especially given – where the expectations were just a few weeks ago. The Cards fans were so so high on Chris Mack. So we'll have to see 130 today at the Yum Center against Notre Dame. You cannot drop this one if you expect to, to do anything. Making the tournament, making the NCAA tournament preseason, I think we, we would have probably sat around and said, Chris Mack can get this team into the tournament. Cards fans will be happy. This is his one year where he doesn't really have his players. Right. Yeah. And making the tournament will at least appease the fans. Yeah, I didn't expect them to slide the way they are right now. Uh, But it is a very stacked uh, back end of their schedule. Um, They should have won the last game against Boston College. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you really look at the schedule, this may be the last uh, guaranteed – well, I I don't even want to say guaranteed win. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
th- this may be the easiest game left of the season for them. Today. Oh, yeah. So uh, they've got to step up. I mean, it's crunch time. It's time to uh, get in gear and get ready to play. Hopefully he didn't lose his team. Uh, I don't think he's completely lost them, but um, – uh, they got enough pieces to make a little solid run, so I, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Kwan four, and we can move on to Kentucky in just a moment. But starting shooting guard four played twenty four minutes against Boston College. Twenty four minutes as the starting shooting guard. What, what kind of stat line do you guys think he had? I already know zero <laughs> points, zero of five from the field, yep. zero of two from the three point land, one rebound, zero assists, three fouls, no points. That's terrible. Yeah, that's get, your starting shooting guard. That gives you nothing. I nothing. Mean, nothing. But um, so you know, it, it, it's it's a difficult time right now for the Louisville basketball team. But you got to remember, he didn't have much time at all to to cobble together a team. Really, I mean, he came in, he had to grab some grad transfers. Uh, he's going to do much better next year. Got a very good recruiting class coming in for next year, and I hate to look past this season, but. You know he's going to do okay. If they get if he gets to the NCAA tournament, maybe even makes it out of the first weekend, or you know the first round of games, I'd say Cards fans should be ecstatic at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, it depends on their seed because if they go, if they lose, drop another one or two. I think if the season ended today, the ACC tournament they get a they get a bad first game, and I think they would play the winner of the Boston College Pittsburgh game. Okay, they have to stay out of the eight nine seed game because that's where all the you know you play guys teams just like you are um and then the second second game you'd play one seed yeah so you don't want that that would give them a good chance of playing kentucky if kentucky did not uh go to the yum center in the second game if louisville was to get an eight nine there's a chance they can play kentucky in the second game uh and i know fans don't want to see that that early obviously which fans <laughs> Do Kentucky fans want to see that? Kentucky would beat them by twenty right now, um, and that's a that's a fact because yeah. Louisville has shot over their last I think six games twenty four percent from three point range, and they don't have very much inside. I think Kentucky'd wear them out right now. Yeah, they don't have really a go to guy right now. I mean, Nora uh, is obviously their their best player. He seems like he's not fully engaged right now. Well, he's hit a wall. Uh, He was 4 out of 10 uh, against Boston College, and I think he was 3 out of 15 the game before that. Uh, He's shooting under 30% from three-point range over his last nine games. Yeah. So he he may have hit a wall because I think last year he only played five minutes a game. Right. So it's just – it's wearing on him. And, you know, like Ashton Hagens, people said he hit a wall. And you just do that. It's time of year you play. You've you've played thirty games. Oh yeah, and you're you're playing against. Um, they they put a since Noor is the best player on Louisville's team. They put the best defender on him. He's getting wore down by some pretty good defenses uh, and some uh, zone defenses also. So you know I understand he's still young. Um, uh, he he just don't have a lot around him to help him out right now. So. Thoughts on VJ King? Played 19 minutes, two of nine from the field. He's their high. I think he's their highest rated player. I think so. I think he's their highest rated player on the roster. Does that sound right? Malik Williams is rated or was rated coming out of high school all right, but I think VJ King and they're just getting absolutely nothing out of him. They're almost saying McDonald's All American. Yeah, we think you're an athlete, so we at least want you to try to be involved no matter what. 
Yep. So he he got some minutes. Yeah, Chris Mack let him he he let him play most of the first half, I believe. And he was <laughs> the guy was jacked up for shots. Too, yeah. And sometimes, you know, you, you can work through those type things in basketball. Basketball's a wild. My man John Renshaw always articulated it so well. But confidence for each player is so big. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs as a team. And sometimes you can shoot yourself out of a slump. I mean, we've seen stuff like that happen before. I don't know that it's going to happen with V.J. King. Yeah. What was he, two out of nine from the field? Two of nine from the field. One of four from the three-point line. Four rebounds, one assist, five points in 19 minutes. That's actually one of his better stat lines compared to what he's put up in the past it is. month. It is. So, at least you're getting something out of the guy. I, I, he had a few games where he had zeros across the stat line, you know. So, uh, at least you're getting something out of him. But um, they definitely need some help at the guard position, and they've got that coming next year. But right now, they're they're just kind of struggling through these tough games. Yeah, that's why I won't – I won't judge Chris Mack until next year. He gets this recruiting class in there because the guys he has now, like you said, Chris, are just filler guys. You know, these guys were meant to come off the bench, be sixth and seventh men in your rotation. That's right. And yeah, they may have been the star on Samford's team, yeah. but you're talking. See, that's a lot different than playing with the big dogs. Yeah. So, and he didn't say Stanford. He said Samford. Yeah. Sanford and Sons. Yes. Okay, I got you. And he's, uh, but you know, relatively good player, uh, Cunningham. But yeah, he hit a wall um, playing against. Some he's really a solid good player, but I yeah. mean, there's a reason he wasn't really rated out of high school. I mean, he's not. You know what I mean? There's levels, right? To to this type of stuff in jujitsu. I train jujitsu all the time. There's levels. I can make some people tap. I'm like, man, I'm pretty good. And then I roll with some kid who's 22. And I'm like, what the hell? I have no chance against this, kids. I mean, it, it, there's just levels. And I think Christian Cunningham, you know, he was a good pickup. In hindsight, what would they be doing without him? Yeah, they I don't know. Big you know, they, it's not a very talented roster is the bottom line. And there's, of course, from the Louisville media on Twitter and everything, there's been a lot of analysis in this recent slide of the actual talent on this roster. It, you know, it doesn't look like a very talented roster on paper. That's right. And he, he didn't have – Chris Mack didn't have a lot of time to put this team together, so you can't put that on him. Um, but from what he's got, actually he's done a really good job. People are being hard on him because of this last third of the season. Uh, you know, I didn't expect him to make the tournament. I'm just being honest, really. And they're going to make the tournament. They, he's exceeded expectations for me. But what, I'm about, not a what about personality and stuff like that? Because you know the hot seat that is Louisville basketball or Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in this market. We're in southern Indiana right now, the Louisville southern Indiana market. Everywhere in Kentucky, such a microscope on the head coach of Louisville and of, of Kentucky. Okay. Is Chris Mack passing that test? He's coming across as being very fiery. Um, you know, Satterfield, the, the, the new football guy, he said that he doesn't cuss. I heard some reports from the people in North Carolina that covered him. It said, yeah, I've never heard him cuss. I've covered him for six years, never heard him cuss. And it's unheard of for a football coach. Yeah. Chris Mack isn't quite getting that type of uh, (laughs) coverage. He's a little little bit more fiery, and I like that, to be honest. I I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, detractors and critics would, you know, it's it's something that's out there. Um, and, And is it always pleasant? 
No. You better try to be consistent. If you're going to try to con- criticize somebody who's cussing as a coach, it's easy to c- criticize them when they're, they're the other team coach. But then if it's your coach, you, you know, you, you got to try to be consistent. Right. Calipari got caught on the camera this past game against Tennessee pretty much um, laying into Tyler Hero. So I'm used to seeing Calipari do it. I don't see anything wrong with it. As long as you're not putting your hands on players, you're not Bobby. Well, I shouldn't. I don't want to bring him up. Actually, he's he's not doing too good right now. But you know, Bobby Knight's not doing good. Yeah, he. There was a report that came yeah. out yesterday that he's bad health. He's in pretty bad shape right now. Wow. I believe Alzheimer's or something like that. Maybe. Okay. But, yeah, I'm like you. I've seen the back and forth between Tyler Hero and Calipari yesterday. Calipari laid into him pretty good. Yeah, and, and he and for he, what? Well, he called. He said it after the game. They said supposedly he was talking in the huddle during a timeout. Hero was yes, and Calipari said they. Uh, he he came back and said, "Look, I told him four times. The fifth time, it's on you. No talking in the huddle. Well, not only that, but uh, making boneheaded plays. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they said he was talking in the huddle, and Cal kept telling him to keep his mouth closed. Hero was coming off a big performance in the previous game where. Uh, Kentucky fans, I jokingly said, nothing makes Kentucky a Kentucky fan base happier than a white guy who just lights it up from deep, from sh- shooting. And that's him, right? I mean, I, you see people saying, Tyler Hero is my favorite player of all time. And Chris, I'll give you credit. You've called that out from day one. Yeah. That Tyler Hero was a legit next-level scorer and shooter. Yeah, it's been a while since Kentucky's had a uh, pretty prominent uh, white guy on their team. I mean, if we're talking white guys right now. But, Might as well. Might as well. Uh, it, I don't know. What was the last one, Gary? Was it uh, Patrick Sparks? Patrick Sparks, I believe. Yeah, someone with the same personality as him, I would say. So, um, I mean, we had Josh Harrelson, but he He, he played from, big roles. Yeah. I mean, that one time they beat Louisville, he was significant. Yeah. So, Josh Har- Harrelson had a, a big role. Usually, Duke soaks all of the white guys Kyle up. Wilcher. Kyle Wilcher. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was probably the last, last Willis. one. No, Derek Willis. Willis. Derek Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Willis. Derek Willis, yeah. I want to remind our listeners that the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Once again, we are brought to you by the Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway. Over in Valley Station, so Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Louisville Combat Academy has the most active professional and amateur fighters in the city of Louisville as far as MMA gyms go. So if you're interested in training martial arts, specifically maybe getting into the cage or just learning to defend yourself, check out Louisville Combat Academy. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Doc, do we have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us? Yes, yes. I oh. do. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you, Brian? What do you have for us? Well, I love the basketball talk. It's getting. It, we're in March now, so uh, this is the fun time. Uh, it's uh, it's just you know it's wide open. I mean, you can see with yesterday's scores. I mean, all kind of teams are are, are beating each other, and uh, you know, so it's. Uh, it's it's really a, a wide open deal. You know, we don't know if uh, the big guy from Duke Zion's going to even come back. So uh, I'm really looking forward to March Madness. Louisville's got, as you guys were talking, they I think it's a must win game uh, today. They've got to beat Notre Dame at home. Uh, that'll get them to ten. 
and they're going to lose to Virginia on the road. But if they can finish 10-8, and eight, uh, seventh in the ACC, uh, win a game in the tournament, I do believe they'll get into the, the uh, NCAA tournament based on how well they did earlier in the year, not based on how they're playing now, but uh, they've got some quality wins in there. So I do think it's going to be good. You know, I, I listened to Kelly to talking about the backcourt. You know, uh, four, I believe, was a one-star coming out. Uh, and Cunningham was a zero star coming out of high school. So, yeah, they, you know, and, and Chris Mack, I think Chris pointed it out, which was accurate. They didn't get, he had to put a hodgepodge team together. But, man, he, he had a lot of grad transfers pass on him until he got these guys. And really until, I believe it was Josh Nickelberry, till he, he signed with Louisville. Nobody wanted to sign with Louisville. Now, he Mack went ahead and had a nice class after that you know, kind of opened the gates there with a nice recruit coming in, but uh, yeah, they're 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 they don't have the talent, especially in the backcourt. Ryan McMahon, I believe, was a two star. Might have been Louisville's only offer was he got was from Louisville. So they they really are uh, really they need to pound the ball more inside into Anik uh, Malik Williams. I believe needs to start spending more time in the paint. So today's a big game for them. Well, uh, I heard you guys talking about him. I I don't think he's the sharpest tool in the shed i mean he and he's got a great trigger and a great three-point nba range but man he just doesn't use good judgment at all and any talk of him going to the nba is complete fool business he has no shot at going to the nba this year uh he needs to come back he, he is a good rebounder and does play good but man he his judgment really needs to improve so uh big game today at the yum center they've got to beat a, a bad notre dame team uh so that's that. Uh, hey, in the Honda Classic, guys, golf, 56-year-old B.J. Singh's got a shot of being the oldest golfer to ever win a PGA Tour event, and by far, if he wins. He's one stroke out of the lead. So that's a good thing. Hey, Derby's coming up, guys. Big fountain of youth yesterday. Nice upset. Code of honor. Shug McGahee from Lexington, great trainer. Be great to see Shug in there with a quality horse, and he's got one in Code of honor. Very impressive win yesterday. Uh, Indiana, what's the deal with them, man? Boy, what a season that could have been for the Hoosiers. I mean, they've got the talent, uh, and for the second time, they beat Michigan State yesterday. They're 6-12, and 12, though, in the Big Ten, in a bad Big Ten, in my opinion. So they've got no shot of going anywhere. But, man, I tell you what, a lot of people are going to look back and really wonder what Archie did with this class here uh, after uh, – you know, the one-and-done goes and the whole deal. But they had some talent on this team, and they occasionally show it. But 6-12 and 12 in the Big Ten, what a disappointment for the, for the Hoosiers. And, and guys, i gotta, I got to end it with this. I love it. LeBron not only losing, but turning on his teammates, turning on everyone, throwing the ball around, threw the ball against the backboard, coming in from out of bounds. What a bad sport. He's Sorry, LeBron, you weren't able to. Uh, you should have gotten a lot more trouble. The Lakers should have got a lot bigger fine uh, for trying to get Anthony Davis, tampering with Anthony Davis. I hope Anthony Davis doesn't go there because they're a lot of pieces away from going anywhere. But I love seeing LeBron because LeBron struggle because LeBron, I'm so sorry, LeBron, you weren't able to coax uh, two or three other players in, and you've got to do it just like everyone else does. But uh, I love seeing it, and, and LeBron's one year closer to retirement. And I love it. So, guys, that's all I got for you. I love the show. I'll hang up and listen. Great stuff there, as always, from our man Brian the Insider.
uh, give him a little plug there at Brian the Insider on Twitter. He co- he touched on a lot of things. You know he's going to be happy when LeBron the LeBron haters are coming out right now. Golly, the Lakers are, are not doing it. Our, our former man Les Abbott said on Twitter. Uh, former producer of the show here, that he still thinks LeBron and the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. I don't know. You really crunch the numbers. I guess it could happen, but it's late. Yeah, they're in 10th position right now, so. It could happen. And and to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing it happen. I like storylines. I don't know. Uh, Which team would I like to see win the NBA Finals this year? The Raptors would be cool. Maybe the Bucks. Nuggets. Nuggets? Okay. And Milwaukee's going to pick up uh, Paul Gasol also. Okay. He he, he agreed to buy out, uh, I think, Friday. That's significant. And Milwaukee's his, his first choice. Both of the Gasol brothers. We don't need to get into uh, talking about brothers like we did a couple weeks ago. That got pretty weird. <laughs> I think, right, Doc? I think we can all agree like a couple weeks ago. That, got, that took a weird left turn. But uh, the Gasol brothers both repositioning which teams they're on now in the Eastern Conference, right? On contenders. I love it. I love it. I love storylines. And, you know, oh, while I was in Florida, I got to go see the Miami Heat and the Detroit Pistons play. They're both in contention for that eighth spot in the East. Yeah, we talked about it on the show last week about you hanging out with Robert Kraft. Well, you know, you got a lot of tension. Yeah. And you got to relieve it somehow, right? (laughs) You know, you go get a nice massage, right? I don't see what the big deal is. What do you do wrong? Well, you, I was I was not far from where Robert Kraft was when that happened. You guys, you know, you know, you would think with somebody with that much money they could find a a better route, but you except, know, except except when you're a thrill seeker. There you go. Uh, you, How are you going to seek a thrill if it's predictable and there's no risk? <laughs> you're right? talking about the tension he had and the pressure. Two times in 17 hours, he was under a lot of pressure. What yeah, do you think? man. Yeah, that, there's video true. footage out there of it. If you're a billionaire, you're worth six billion dollars. Okay, how much of that six billion are you putting in to try to conceal that that video footage is released? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and I heard it wasn't like. I, I mean, we're on this discussion. I, I I'll, I'll try to walk a thin line. You've heard some details about the videos. <laughs> yes, go on. <laughs> I've heard that. It was like a forty-eight and fifty-four-year-old woman. I was expecting. I was expecting. It Savvy was, veteran is what that is, right? So I, it's not as uh, what I expected, but you know, to each his own, man. That's just. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, it does touch on human trafficking. In all seriousness, is very bad. I mean, uh, some of the things we live here in the United States. You know, I was born in Ohio. Really grew up in Lagrange. Okay, so difficult for me to wrap my head around the significance of actual human trafficking, that stuff like that, the horrible lifestyles that um, you know some of these people that are shipped overseas and and you know kidnapped basically. I mean, it, it's a uh, so all jokes aside, it's a very serious issue. Now, did Robert Kraft have malice in his heart when he was doing this? I don't really think so, but. You know, it, it has to be handled in a certain way because of the topic. What's you that, Doc? You really know. You don't know, right? <laughs> you never really know. <laughs> Doc's got some sound bites there. We got our man Steve Driver, who's not in studio with us today. But he's saying you never really know if there's malice in Robert Kraft's heart. heart. Thank you, Steve. You know, I want to remind our listeners, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. 
Louisville Combat Academy is located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate you tuning in this morning. We've got plenty of college basketball uh, talk. Going to get to some of the UFC card from last night. NBA talk. Of course, uh, Bryce Harper. Free agency in baseball. There is plenty to talk about. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Sports. I'm sorry. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my man Gary Love. Got our full production staff in studio with us today, Doc Parks, Chris Embry. A lot of good momentum going on right now for the, the Weekend Sports Buzz. I want to welcome in studio with us, we have AJ Jenkins of Louisville Combat Academy. What's going on, man? How you doing, fellas? Appreciate you joining us this morning. Um... As a reminder, the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway. That's, of course, over in the Valley Station part of town, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Louisville Combat Academy has, I want to make sure I use the correct verbiage, but we believe they have the most active MMA amateur and pro fighters in the city. In the city. In the city. Yeah, we're not 100% sure yeah, if it's a state right the now. State. There could be some, like, you know, obscure place in Paducah we don't know about or something. <laughs> I would think we would know, to be honest, but you're right. But you're right. Yeah. It, regardless, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of, got, a lot of fighters, so far, a lot yeah. of fighters going on right now. You got the Ferguson yeah. brothers, you got a, a nice slew of uh, amateur guys coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of new guys, man. Doc Parks guys. knows all about those amateur guys, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm uh, pretty familiar with those guys. What do you mean by that? Them, at least. What do you mean by that, Doc? I uh, fought two of them before. You fought two of them? Okay. Oh, yeah. And they're real good fighters, too. They was a good fights, man. Those Both of them really, really strong. Doc, Doc did a good job. Carice Vaughn and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Vaughn and uh, Stephen Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. I'm fighting uh, Carice's last opponent next, mm-hmm. uh, okay. next weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to see that fight. That's going to be a good one, Doc. Just to recap our man, Doc Parks, running the boards over there for us, is fighting in Bowling Green on this card coming up for, for HR MMA. So he'll be, Doc says, despite the time change and everything, that's dedication. He'll be in here no matter what, right? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a really good show next week. That's impressive. I, I love it. Uh, he said if he wins, he'll be in. If he loses, he'll be in. So I love it. Uh, once what again, draw? what's that? What if it's a draw? If it's a draw, <laughs> he'll be off. in, right? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay home if it's a draw. I'm going to actually leave town. Right. <laughs> it's wild, getting into a cage. You guys have both done it. Oh, yeah, I love it, man. Yeah. It's like being in that moment is the best thing ever. Yeah. How many times have you got into a cage for an MMA fight, I AJ? Think, I think it's about. 14 times now. 14, yeah, okay. 14 times now. Yeah, so, yeah. so just a quick recap. We have we mentioned Carice Vaughn. Yeah. Also mentioned Steven Wagner. Mm-hmm. Got Lingo. Lingo. Crazy Lingo, man. That dude's intense, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing, man, is he's such a nice guy. He's like super laid back, you know, great coach. His know? uncle, I think it is, also. Yeah, they just, Okay, yeah. yeah. They seem, mm-hmm. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super nice guy, man. Yeah. The, the whole family is just crazy good, man. Crazy nice, but... Yeah, dude, but he gets intense, man, when he, when he's ready to Doesn't look up. like someone I'd be interested in fighting. 
I don't think I'd be interested. <laughs> He's a big At all. <laughs> uh, Hawaiian or Samoan guy. Samoan, yeah. Samoan guy that'll uh, get in the cage and, and looks like he's familiar with the stand-up, familiar with the, the ground game. Uh, very promising. I think he's 2-0 and now. Yeah, he's 2-0. and All three of the guys, Kareem Swan, Stephen Wagner, and Lingo, yeah, all, like all three and oh, I'm sorry, all 2-0 and right now. Yeah, a lot of 2-0s right now. <laughs> AJ, I know you watched the UFC card last night. Yeah, absolutely. That okay. was a wild one. <laughs> it was a lot of on paper prior to the card. It looked like a very exciting yeah. card. You know, it had John Jones in the main event against Anthony Smith, mm-hmm. um, Robbie Lawler against Ben Askren. Yeah. You had uh, Cody Garbrandt coming off of of two consecutive losses to T.J. Dillashaw, getting back in the cage. <laughs> that was ugly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the the main storyline. So we got our man Gary Love here with us. Uh, if I were to describe to me. One of the, the bigger selling points of the card was not John Jones as much, but I think is Ben Askren. People who are really in the know for a long time have wanted Ben Askren to be in the UFC. Yeah. Okay. He's one of arguably the best wrestler maybe in the UFC now, now that he's there. That's that was possible. his first fight ever in the UFC last night. Yeah. He'd fought for one, which is over in Asia, and he'd also fought for Bellator yeah. after wrestling yeah. in college uh, for Missouri, and then he also wrestled in the Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I like about him is he's got poofy hair. They call him, what is it, Funky? Funky, yeah. Funky yeah. Ben Askren. And he's got the poofy hair, and he has a dad bod. He fights at he 170. Totally has he has a dad bod, doesn't he? He kind of has some uh, love handles almost. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, I was it, like, man, because he didn't used to look quite that bad. You know, when he was in Bellator, he was okay. much more fit. But now that he's, I guess maybe because he's USADA. Whatever, but wow. You know, he didn't look that great, that. but he won. Yeah, absolutely. A controversial yeah, stoppage. Man. A controversial stoppage is what it was. Herb Dean, yeah, right? I think that was crap. Uh, to to <laughs> recap for our, our fans, our, our listeners who, who were not tuned in, uh, at the beginning of the fight, Ben Askren, I think, was very deliberate and was like, okay, I'm going to lower my level and try to take you down and control this fight with wrestling. And they got into a little bit of a scuffle and a, a, a scramble. And basically, Robbie Lawler picked him up and slammed him real hard on the ground. Yeah. And then got on top of him, was punching him, and look to me, Ben Askren kind of has that dopey look to him anyways, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh my God, is he going to die? I I should they rocked. stop this? What's... I think he was rocked. Bro. Yeah, but he looked like he kind of kept his composure. Yeah. He almost looks like he's stoned. He's, he's got those yeah, those, those eyes, or uh, I, I hate to say it, just dopey. Uh, but I, I didn't know how he looked. He was covered in blood. He, he stuck through it, obviously. You know, he's a savvy veteran. He knows what he's doing. He survived, okay? Oh, yeah. He got out, and he was able to get into a bulldog choke position. Yeah. Okay? And uh, looked to me like he had his head. Looked like, really kind of looks like, for someone who's as experienced of a grappler as there is probably in the world, it looked like someone almost who didn't really know what they were doing. I know. It looked like your Uncle Joe's choke. Or That's what I mean. Yeah, somebody <laughs> grabbed somebody in a bar around the head, and you're like, I'm not letting you go. I'm going to squeeze yeah. this thing off. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I was I was really watching the replays and replays and replays. He had his arm around his jawline. He didn't even have it on his neck. There was no way. That, that Robbie Lawler went Robbie out. Robbie always went out. Man. There's no way he went out. What about Habib? He even gave a thumb up. If we look at Habib, though, the way that he That's beat different. Connor, why that is that different? That was a jaw compression. It was a little bit different. Okay. A little bit different movement because, I mean, 
the one that um, the one that Khabib did, man, he was around he was around the whole neck or around the whole neck and around the jaw, and, and he, he was, was pushing his jaw in maybe yeah, to his throat. Yeah, he was able to compress okay. really well. But the one that Ben Askren had, man, I mean, if he just pushed his elbow up, maybe I don't know, maybe I mean, he was probably pretty tight there. But I mean, I just don't, man. That was the worst stoppage I've seen. Him. You think they'll give him a, a, a doc? Do you think they'll give them a rematch? Not those two, I don't think. So so Ben Askren, and then he got the That'd mic. Be a good one. That'd I be think a good so. Rematch. Ben Askren got the mic, and he realized it was a controversial stoppage, but he didn't let that slow him down. No. He said, Dana White, is that all you got for me? Immediately yeah. after the fight. I like it. You oh, know, I know. Yeah, as far as marketing game. goes. Yeah. yeah, he's always game, man. And the dude's talented, obviously. He's, talented. <laughs> he's like crazy talented, but I mean, that, that, that's, that was the worst stoppage ever. And then in the, the co-main event, Kamaru Usman from Nigeria, against Tyron Woodley, who's considered by many to be maybe the best ever at 170 pounds, the best welterweight ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George St. Pierre's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he was pretty good. Was uh, but Tyron Woodley has looked untouchable in recent years, right? And yeah. we just saw Kamaru Usman dominate him. Yeah. That was unexpected. Yeah, you said you said something earlier about, you know, about uh, Ben Askren being the best wrestler in the UFC. I think that this guy might give him a run for his money. Kamaru Usman, apparently. He was a, I think he was a Division Two All-American or something. Mm-hmm. He did wrestle in college. Yeah. But he just dominated yeah. Tyron Woodley with wrestling. No answer. no answer at all. Tyron Woodley looked like he had – he didn't even put any uh, offense out there. He just knew this guy had his number the yeah. entire five-round fight. Yeah, he looked like he ate tacos the whole camp. You know yeah. I mean? He was like, you know, just not really – maybe as a mindset thing. Because, I mean, that happens. I've been in a ring before, and it just not – nothing's clicking. You know, you just you're just trying so hard to get something to go, and it just doesn't go. Kind of mentally check out. You say, "I'm not beating this guy. Right? How yeah, can man. I beat this guy? I can see that happening." Grounded. He just grounded him and grounded him, grounded him, just like the whole fight. Some like, el- yeah. some of those elbows. <clears throat> I watched surprised. some of those replays of the elbows, and those were connecting. Mm-hmm. Once again, I want to remind our listeners here on the weekend sports buzz. We are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Louisville Combat Academy is located at 10105 Dixie Highway. We got AJ Jenkins in the studio with us. AJ, tell us about Louisville Combat Academy's updated class schedule. Yeah, man, I'm being able to spend a little bit more time there. So, man, we got a 6 a.m. class that's really starting to hit pretty good. A 6 a.m. Um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yeah, class. Jiu Jitsu class, yeah, absolutely. For those of our listeners who don't really. That doesn't do anything um, for them. What What is right. a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class? Um, the the jiu-jitsu class that, that we have there, man, it's just, you know, a lot of groundwork, you know, submissions, of course. Uh, we do 10th Planet style jiu-jitsu, which is all no-gi. So, so it's a no-gi yeah. jiu-jitsu yeah, class, 6 no a.m. Yeah, which means you don't have to have the karate outfit, man. Okay. <laughs> I'll do jiu-jitsu guys out there like, what did you just say? You know, <laughs> you know but, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain it to somebody that's never even seen it. Yeah, or, so, so you know, basically it's kind of like wrestling around, but not as much rules as wrestling. Right, right, right. And but what I mean by that is you can do things off of your back. You can have offense off your back. Right, yeah, yeah, and legs, of course. We're and and the, the, the United States military and the police and everything, I would say across the board has kind of come together and said this is – probably the the best way to learn to defend yourself going forward would you guys doc and, and aj would you guys agree with that oh absolutely man okay, Bra- yeah, brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu yeah there's a guy named uh and i, I don't mention this before but there's a guy named uh, freddie trillio that's a he's a police officer in miami and i follow him on uh, facebook and twitter and stuff and he, they call him the kimura cop because he's taken the kimura trap system and used it for law enforcement he does a really great job excellent job yeah so we have a few officers that come in um, to our gym, and you know, I'm, I spend a little bit extra time with them and trying to show them that Kamor trap system and Kamor cop system is really good. So, 6 a.m., four days a week, you have Brazilian jiu jitsu classes. They don't 
the people who go to those classes, they don't learn how to throw punches or kicks. No, no. Uh, what instead they learn to do is get close to their opponent. Right. Um, if necessary, take them down and and really hold them and, and submit them, you know, a choke or an arm right. lock or something along those lines oh, yeah. or a, a leg lock. Yeah, definitely leg locks. <laughs> you oh, got to yeah. have them today, man. If, you're, if, you're, if your team don't do leg locks, man, you uh, need to talk to your team leader. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Talk to your coach because you got to have it. 100%. Okay, you said not only the six a.m. classes, you have some more classes coming about. <laughs> yeah, we got another. Uh, we got a Monday and Wednesday um, a beginners class, just a fundamentals class at five thirty uh, that we're starting up, and it's just for somebody who's brand spanking new. They don't know anything at all about jujitsu, and they just want to come in and just learn some basic stuff. You know, um, not a lot of rolling in that class, just a lot of drilling. You know what I mean? Just getting those muscle memory going and all that stuff. Who teaches these classes? I teach all these classes. Oh, the 6 a.m. classes? I teach the 6 a.m., I teach the 5.30, and I teach, of course, the, the, the later classes, too. Okay. I'm really, you know, selfish when it comes to teaching jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? But What I do you mean by that? Uh, we do, like I said, we do the Is you, you You have a specific brand of jiu-jitsu that you want your academy to be consistent with. Absolutely. And you yeah. teaching it allows you. You are. Uh, would it be accurate to say you're in the lineage through Scott Elliott? Yeah, Scott Elliott, Ten Planet, Eddie Bravo, you know, Jean-Jacques Machado, man. That's just that's just where we're at, you know. Um, Ten Planet's very different. It's just, it's you know, it's thinking out of the box a lot of times. You know, I'm not going to say anything negative about anybody else's jiu-jitsu program, man, but I really believe that uh, Ten Planet's, a, you know, a little bit above the par, you know, if, if, you know honestly. Okay. <laughs> you know, they just, they, 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 had this, they had this association where everybody is always talking to each other, right? They even have like a, Facebook, a private Facebook page. Where all the what they call them moonheads, the guys that own the businesses that Ten Planets, you know, in or whatever. And what they do is they always they, they break down moves on the site, and then they. I mean, sometimes it gets kind of brutal, you know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like you got guys that are like legends, like Chris Herzog. I mean, this guy just can just tear something apart and put it back together, and it's either going to work or it ain't going to work. You know what I mean? Okay. And of course, he's not the only one. There's like Nathan Orchard, which is a you know you know world champion. You know, he's doing the same thing. Sean Applegate. Brandon McGatherin, who's a pretty good, you know, he's, he's I'd say pretty good. He's awesome. You know, you know what I mean? I watched Everybody. the uh, Joe Rogan experience episode from this past week where Alex Jones and Eddie Bravo were on there. <laughs> and what do you think of the Doc, I'd love to hear your uh, take on this, too. What do you think of the restraint that both Eddie Bravo and Joe Rogan showed where Alex Jones said, guys, this is the biggest... This is the biggest podcast in the world. I want you to choke me out on video. And they didn't. What do you think of that? Would you have choked Alex Jones out? Of course. <laughs> 100%. You would make him be quiet for two minutes. <laughs> Golly, that guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. He likes to scream, dude. I don't, I don't dig the screaming, but, you know. He's I funny. like when Eddie Bravo was messing with him. Did you guys watch oh, that? Oh, yeah. I did watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Bravo was messing with him, saying something sarcastic. Yeah. And Alex Jones didn't realize it was sarcasm. Oh, and you just not. saw him go, oh, 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 yeah, like he yeah. was getting ready to combust. Yeah, he was like playing devil's advocate for a second. <laughs> yes, yes. And he was like, oh, was like, no, man, I was just messing with you, dude. Calm down. You know, I was like, whoa. <laughs> but in all seriousness, Eddie Bravo, the creator of 10th Planet. Fantastic dude, man. And regardless of all this flatter stuff he talks about, <laughs> you know, which is hilarious. There's uh, a reason that we all know who he is, and that's yeah, because he's he, an absolute genius, man. He, he created the system specifically for MMA in the beginning, and uh, now it's just gotten to where it's, uh, they have over 100 schools worldwide now. The association's huge, you know what I mean? And again, they all, they're all communicating with each, other, with each other the whole time, making jiu-jitsu better. So if you would look at the 
lineage. It would go up through Eddie Bravo and then Jean-Jacques Machado. Yeah, Jean-Jacques Machado and then Hicks and Gracie and then I believe it's Hicks and Gracie. Don't quote me on that. Above Jean-Jacques. Yeah, Machado. yeah, yeah. And then there's, they're cousins. Um, so yeah, they're the cousin. And then of course you know Helio and then um, you know the Japanese. Yep, know, Maeda. Maeda. Yeah. So great stuff but there. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And it, you know, like I said, I, I've never seen another association better than that. You know what I mean? I mean, and and not only that, but you got locally, you got Scott Elliott. Scott yeah. Elliott is a genius with submission, man. And not only that, he's a good, he's like an excellent Muay Thai coach. You know what I mean? This he's a crew. Yeah, dude, he's got, he's been teaching martial arts for over 20 years out of the same spot. This guy's a, he's, he's amazing. You know what I mean? Scott Elliott uh, teaches at Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, also EKU, has, yep, yep. AFS. Yep, AFS. Yep, mm-hmm, analytical fighting systems. And of course, he's 10 Planet Richmond. And uh, you got Gina Bagley out there. Or, I'm sorry. Gina, Gina Elliott, Gina Elliott. <laughs> sorry, Scott's sorry, new Gina. wife. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, I know it wasn't very long. And um, and of course Adam Fritz, um, Brandon Brent, Campbell, Brandon Campbell. I mean, dude, uh, they got Zade Hawkins over there. Who uh, I don't think he's fought before, but he's got he, he's an amazing practitioner of jujitsu. You know, you also have uh, Kane Atkinson, who is a uh, who's actually a minister, and uh, he goes over there and he's fantastic at jujitsu. Also, I have Linda, Linda, Linda Melick. Oh man, what an amazing. What an amazing chick that is, man. You know, because she gets up like super early in the morning, does her swim. I mean, this is the most athletic woman I think I've ever seen. (laughs) She's like, she's ridiculous. So just as a recap, we have our man AJ Jenkins in studio with us. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Located at 10105 Dixie Highway, 40272 is the zip code. AJ, if someone wants to check out for fitness or or fighting or whatever purpose it is, if they want to check out Louisville Combat Academy, of course that's the address. How can they check you out online? Uh, we well, then go to Facebook, of course. You know we have uh, Facebook, uh, Louisville uh, Combat Academy is on Facebook, LouisvilleCombatAcademy.com. We have a website too. Okay, they can come in. Have all our class times are uh, updated pretty re- you know pretty regularly. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, of course we have a phone. You know, no, it's <laughs> what's your phone the number? Phone. Uh, I, I don't know that right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Your it's wife runs, runs a lot of my things. Wife, my wife does that, man. She's amazing, dude. She's absolutely amazing. She takes care of the uh, the logistics. <laughs> I Shout guess you would say whatever. But, uh, yeah, Holly's amazing, man. She's awesome. She's actually in uh, she's in um, Mardi Gras right now. Lucky. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she got to go there. But, yeah, man. And all these guys at my gym, man, everybody, it's such a community thing. It's such a family-orientated thing. Well, you know, by going to a gym, you know, a good gym is like that. Yeah, you know, a good gym is not clicky. A good gym is just like, hey man, we get a new member in. Everybody's excited. Everybody's like swarming this person with knowledge or whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, let's get, let's do this. No, let's do that. I mean, we got guys coming in without, you know, not even having class times or whatever. You know, just trying to help. You know, teach each other. Hey, let's catch this guy up on this. Let's catch this guy up on that. You know what I mean? It's an amazing group of guys, man, and women. You know, we got some women self defense classes. That uh, we have actually have Gina Elliott coming out next weekend. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, at two o'clock on uh, Saturday. It's for two hour. It's free. It's absolutely free. So, so what is it next Saturday, two o'clock? Yeah, next Saturday, two o'clock. We have Gina Elliott coming out. That is a, March 9th. Yep, yeah, March 9th. Who is a brown belt in Ten Planet, right? And uh, she's a fantastic striker. She's been in. Um, um, What's that one? Invicta. Invicta. Yeah. Sorry, I'm horrible with names. That's all right. <laughs> She's a very experienced yeah, MMA fighter. Experienced man, and super, super sweet, sweet lady, man. You know, super nice, man. Uh, love Gina to death, man. She's a great person. And she's just, you know, it's always good to have a woman teach a class like that because, you know, there are certain things that, you know, she's going to inherently know better than I am because I'm a guy. I teach the women's self-defense class myself. During the, We have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday classes. 
uh, Friday at 5.30, Saturday at um, 2 o'clock, and then Sunday at 4 o'clock. Okay. We have just, just women's only. We don't even allow the guys to be in there. So women, if you're out there and you want to, you know, come in and just be around a bunch of ladies and learn some good self-defense and jujitsu, this is the place to go. It's awesome. I don't, you know, I don't think that women feel totally comfortable when they're learning something like that when a bunch of dudes are around. Sure. So we, I make everybody, all the dudes got to leave the gym. Sure. You know what I mean? Just to make, you know, make them feel comfortable. What an asset is Gina Elliott to have Absolutely, her out. Man. So Absolutely. I want to thank AJ Jenkins. Once again, we are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. At 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. We plan on having AJ back in studio with us maybe every four or five weeks. Uh, maybe next time we'll, you'll have one of the Fergusons with you or yeah, some, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I tried to do this time, and I think it just didn't work out the timeline. But, no problem. Um, we appreciate yeah, you man. joining us, oh, yeah. and we appreciate your support for the Weekend Sports Buzz. We are going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Gary Love, Chris Embry, Kelly Patrick coming back to you. Great conversations on MMA. What do you think, Chris? That was a good good insight. Women's uh, self-defense classes. Absolutely. I learned some things. I didn't know he was connected with Eddie Bravo, one of my favorite podcasters out there. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great segment. And... Uh, I don't know. What do we have next? What do you think uh, you've got? We could talk about this game that happened yesterday, even though none of us want to. (laughs) Yeah, Kentucky Kentucky got uh, handled very easily. Uh, They didn't look prepared for the Tennessee Vols. No, and some of the remarks that were made by Tyler Hero after the first game, I think – Tennessee yeah. used it as bulletin board material. Yeah, we don't need to give the opposing teams any extra uh, mo- motivation to play real good against Kentucky. Obviously, Kentucky gets uh, – I know it's a Calipari thing, he says. They get the, the best out of every team. You right. know, every game's a T-shirt game they give away, to, you know, but uh, – Kentucky's always been the big dog in the SEC, and it, I, I find it to be true. You know, these yeah. teams come. Now, Tennessee, uh, after getting humiliated, they wanted to pay them back. So I understand uh, for the payback aspect of the game yesterday. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, they brought Allen Houston back, but they honored his dad, a guy that was very average as a coach. And uh, you know they they have a hell of an assistant coach for Louisville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Under Danny Crum. Yes. It's funny how some people. That's kind of a better niche for them. Cal seems to be good at finding those guys. Yes. Career assistants. Absolutely. Or just real good recruiters. Kenny Payne. Orlando Antigua. Yeah. What's I mean, he doing right now? He's uh not at South Florida anymore. Great recruiter at Illinois. He's Illinois. getting some big time talent up there. And it's my opinion that if any of these other guys leave, that'd be the first call he makes to get bring back as an assistant. Yes, because if you if you've realized if you noticed once Orlando Antigua took the South Florida job, the recruit went down just a, just a tad. Okay, it definitely did. 
Yeah. Uh, Kenny t- Payne isn't their top recruiter? Yes. Kenny Payne he is. is now. Yes. Yeah, and he was maybe even then? Kenny Payne is a great builder of relationships as far as, like, Orlando's your personality guy. Um, I think Orlando's bilingual. Now, I know there's not that many bilingual or Spanish-speaking uh, college basketball prospects. Right. Didn't Am I he, wrong? Is Orlando Antigua bilingual? Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And didn't he get shot? Oh, know. yeah, yeah, he did. And he was real good dunker when he was young. Orlando former, Antigua's uh, former globetrotter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. If you read his uh, accolades, Orlando Antigua, he was a flashy dunker. Oh, and yeah. he, so he can relate to people. Yeah, and you know, I think, uh, not to jump off topic with Orlando Antigua, but I think Kentucky needs a guy like that. I mean, you have Tony Barbie, which I don't know what he brings to the table. I but, don't either. But Joe Justice is a great recruiter. Everybody loves him. I just think Kentucky needs to make one change. They still have Robick? He's he's not a he's not a court coach anymore. He's more of like an assistant to the head or something. Yeah, like he can't coach on a, all. He does is break down the film, opposing teams' films and stuff like that. Okay. So, I don't know. I just think they're lacking one more assistant coach. Is this the year? Are you sticking with your prediction, Chris? Kentucky gonna win it all this year? Absolutely. I'm sticking with the prediction. Now I know Gary don't like that prediction because why don't you like? He it? don't want the. I'm superstitious. Bad. I think they're a Final Four caliber team. Okay. And then once you get to the Final Four, who knows what happens from there. Because anybody can win. Yeah. Uh, I just think uh, they've got all the ingredients to win it all. And definitely if um, some for some reason Zion Williamson don't come back. Um, He'll be back when they play North Carolina. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but you've got a lot of – People in his ears saying, hey, you know, you can really hurt yourself. And I, I know they have those insurance policies where they can get paid if they get hurt and everything. But uh, he came to college to try and win a championship. I hope he comes back. He'll, he'll come back because I think if they were struggling, if they had 10 or 11 losses, he may shut it down. But they have a legitimate shot to win the championship. So I think, I think he comes back. Um, he practiced. He pra- they said he practiced Friday. They didn't mm. need him yesterday. They beat Miami by 30 points. They didn't need him. Give him another, right. give him another three or four days he'll up. I, th- I think he'll be back by the North Carolina game. And I think it's good that Reed Travis didn't come back yesterday I, because I think even with Reed Travis back, I don't think they would have beaten Tennessee yesterday. The team just wasn't. Yeah, they, they, wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have beat. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't have beat Tennessee at all. No we, matter what, even no, if Reed no, Travis was because, in I mean – this is a 19-point. I think the, the, their game plan would have had to been different. They wouldn't have been able to double P.J. Washington. Um, Grant Williams wouldn't have had 24 points. Right. So, I think he changes the game drastically. And this right here is a, is a is was good for Kentucky, more or less for their fans, because people were down on Reed Travis. And their last oh, two yeah. games without him – they, it's been, because well, it's because that first game without him, um, they blew out. What was that? Auburn. Yes. Uh, and people were saying, "Look, we're better with that." That's crazy. No. Now I'm not saying to, uh, we wouldn't have lost by as much, but I, I think they still they were coming out for blood. Tennessee was uh, playing their A game yesterday. And like Rick Barnes said after the game, this was the, this was the best defensive game they've played in two years. 
Wow. I mean, Kentucky got outscored. Well, Kentucky had 52 total points. They got they gave up 51 to two guys. Yeah, we we got beat so bad by those two guys. They they pretty much single handedly destroyed Jordan. Jordan Bones was destroying. Yeah, he's, he's the Hayes. best. He's the best point guard in the SEC. There's yes. no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, I mean, people. I, I was I was looking on the internet. People were killing Nick Richards. He had seven points, eight rebounds, and four blocks. I thought he did. That was one good. of his best games, but nobody's saying nothing about PJ Keldon, Tyler Nash, and eight out of thirty-two with twelve turnovers. Right. It was. It, they just didn't seem to have um, the energy from the get-go. No, and Tyler is good. I think he kind of he had a bunch of, I mean, turnovers that was just unforced. I think he was trying to do too much, but. He carried them last game, so you can't expect that every game out of him. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, especially when the other team's keying on him. After a big game like that, you're get you're going to be the number one defensive assignment for the other team. So yeah, I could see. Uh, but he still just he wasn't on point yesterday. No. Like even with the defense that he was going against, it he just didn't seem to you know be the same player he was. What about the Hoosiers? They had a big win over number six team in the country. Yep. Yesterday. Um, and that put them at what, 15 and 14 on the season? 15 and 14. And, they may okay, make it now, now. Now, Brian kept reiterating, repeating what their Big Ten record is. I forget what it is. Six and 12, I believe. Six and 12. That's terrible. That's nah, not good. It's, no, it's, it's not good, but if you look at their record, I don't think they're a tournament team, but they've got five top 25 wins. That, that is what they look at on the yes. day of Selection Sunday. Now, obviously – Beating number six team in the country, Michigan State, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And it also tells us maybe they could do some, you know, maybe they could make some noise. Maybe they're not that bad. The The box score uh, it was interesting. Justin Smith with the big game. Yes, he did. Uh, Langford didn't have a horrible game, but, I mean, he, he didn't light the world on fire. Justin Smith with 24 points, uh, four rebounds. Juwan Morgan, seven points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Now, Romeo Lankford played 37 minutes, led the team in minutes played, 4 of 14 from the field, 4 rebounds, 0 assists, 9 points. The, bo- the bottom line is they won. Yeah. Lankford's had some big games lately. Yes. He's still going to be a lottery pick, right? Oh, absolutely. His stock hasn't absolutely. really diminished that much despite the disappointing season for the Hoosiers, right? Yes, I've never, I haven't seen any proje- projections with him lower than a 7. Okay. So, yeah, he's going to be a lottery pick. You know, he carried them last game against Wisconsin. Yeah. So, yeah, he's played good ball. I just don't know why they continue to let him shoot three-pointers when he's a drive-first shooting guard. And I mean, he, and his shot's not very – he's shooting 25% from three-point range. Yeah. You think he should maybe be like the, the guy for Philly, what's his name, Ben Simmons? Not <laughs> shoot three-pointers? Th- yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons is terrible. But, yeah, I mean, Romeo's – he's playing all right. They don't run any – for him to score 17 points a game, they run no offense for him. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Now, the Hoosiers are 15-14 and 14 right now. They play Thursday at 8 p.m. at Illinois. Which is going to be a tough game for them because I think Illinois won seven of the last nine games. Yeah, Illinois is a lot, lot better than – They're young. They have They're been 10 the and past. 18, though. Yes. They started out, I think, 3 and 14, 3 and 15. They was bad. But uh, where'd you say Orlando Antigua is? Illinois. Okay. Yeah. So they've they've 
slowly gotten better. Next year is when they're supposed to take off Illinois, but Indiana beat them by eight, I believe, at Assembly Hall earlier this year. But it's going to be a tough game. Who they have after that? Uh, Rutgers at home? I believe so. I'll bring it up here. Rutgers won at Iowa by 15 yesterday, I believe. Uh, did you watch any of that Houston game? Yes, I watched most of it. Uh, UCF ended their 33-game winning streak at home. With college game day there. Yeah, that was uh, that's a pretty big win. I did see uh, college, game, college game day yesterday where they took the mic off the shooter. Oh, I because of what happened to Kentucky when the guy was dropping f bombs after he hit the shot. Oh yeah, that's yeah, they, right. Yeah, they wouldn't. They didn't give the guy a mic yesterday. <laughs> the next game for the Hoosiers is Thursday, obviously at Illinois. But then they have, as you said, Rutgers at 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 IU a week from today at noon. So we'll be going off the air next week, and they'll be squaring off against Rutgers. So I mean, they could win some games. They could. Um, I mean. Is there any chance that Archie is on the hot seat? No. At some point, you have to be, right? You can't just keep missing the tournament, can you? If this How many happens, more years can he miss the tournament and not get fired? If this happens next year, he's okay. on the hot seat. Okay. But they owe him they, – they guaranteed the life of his contract. Okay. Which is unheard of, but it's $32 million buyout. All right. So that's about the reason we haven't heard about much hot seat buzz for this, you know. I don't know. I mean – if you're talking hot seat, uh, the administration versus the fans, I think the fans are getting pretty antsy. Yeah. Uh, the administration's locked in with this, uh, you know, this contract. So, uh, yeah, he's not going to go anywhere, but the fans are not uh, too happy right now. Yeah, I think the fans, though, the fans put everybody on the hot seat. Cal's been on the hot seat for 10 years. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> That's bizarre, really. From a, from a distance – uh, that's wild yeah. to think that Cal would be on the hot seat well, because so many coaches have come and gone who have such high-rated recruits. Uh, I mean, who's the guy who is at Washington? Who's the guy who is at uh, um, LSU? The coaches. Roma, uh, what is his name? Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. He's but the guys who get McDonald's All-Americans. Johnny Jones. Johnny Jones. Yeah. Okay, so the guys who get McDonald's All-Americans year in, year out, mm-hmm. and they don't do anything with them. They don't even make the tournament. And then you got Cal who gets them, and he has them in the position similar to where they're at right now most years. So, yeah, it's yeah. difficult for me to really understand a Kentucky fan who actually wants to get that, rid of Cal. That crazy. being said, our man Blue, I've said it before, he's my favorite caller. Blue, if you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, he has been a Kentucky fan longer than I've been alive, many years longer than I've been alive, and Cal is not necessarily his cup of tea. Right. It's because I think that's because he's familiar with the coaches, uh, Rupp and then Hall, and the guys who keep players around for longer, so you get to have more of an identity of a team yeah. and, and not as much one-on-one type play. So that being said, Cal does produce in today's day and age. What about the new rules? How's that going to impact things? You t- are you talking about the uh, uh, the NBA rules? Yeah, doing yeah. away with the one and done. Yeah, I yeah. think I think the earliest that could happen is twenty twenty two. Okay, because of the contract. I don't have a problem with it. No, I think it actually helped Kentucky um, because they're still going to get guys to reclassify uh, and still get into the NBA um, after a year. After a year, anyway. So okay. he's still going to get. Uh, Same players. 
I, I would think so. Yeah. They're, they're going to start reclassifying because of yeah. this a lot more. I For marketing purposes, they want to they want to associate themselves with a, a college. Yeah. Yes. For the I, rest of their lives. I think with the NBA, if they're smart, what they should do is have a a camp for seniors. If you're invited, then you're probably going to get drafted. If you're not invited, it lets them guys know you need to go to school. Okay. You can't just let all the guys go because these guys make terrible decisions. They're all going to just say, "Okay, I'm ready for the NBA." I mean, you, you got is that think, what you mean? Yeah, because you got to think. Terrence Jennings just saying, yeah. "Yep, I'll go get drafted." If you think, <laughs> right? If, if these kids know that they can go to NBA right after high school, or whatever, how many of them kids are going to attend attend classes in high school? The right. grade's going to be low, then they don't make it, and next thing you know, where are they at? They, yeah, they won't try in high school anymore, grade-wise, to be eligible. You know, it, it is a bad thing all around. Uh, it's just kind of how it was prior to the one-and-done rule being instituted, right? Yep. Yeah. I have no problem, guys, going out of high school. You can do – what are the things you can do out of high school? You can go fight in a war. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do all this Get stuff. into a cage and fight MMA. Yeah. I mean, why would you be able to go make money right out of high school? Why don't we have more people complaining about the football um, aspect? Because they have to stay three years. Yeah. You don't ever hear anybody complain about that. Because football, the even beyond – you MMA or you know boxing, even beyond that, I think football's so barbaric because they're so big and strong, and they just sprint right at each other and just smash into each other, and then they line up and they they do it again and they do it over and over. I don't know. Football's wild. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, the weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. We're gonna head to the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line, which is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We have our man. Marcus is on the line with us. Marcus, how are you this morning? Are you there, Marcus? Yes, I am. What do you have for us today? I know you're you're itching to stir up some controversy, and, and that's why we love you, Marcus. What do you have for us? Well, isn't it just like Kentucky fans who can never shut their mouths when they're winning? When they lose, what do they talk about? They change the subject to recruiting. <laughs> oh man, recruit! We gonna get some more good recruits in here. <laughs> yeah, win some more recruiting battles and lose some more games. That's what I say. Good for you. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe uh, you can move Tyler Hero on to somewhere where he learns to shut his mouth. Uh, good one, Marcus. Of course, <laughs> yeah. uh, Marcus. Of course, is happy with the Tennessee Volunteers and Rick Barnes led Volunteers team when they they beat Kentucky. You are happy with that victory. In Knoxville, are you not, Marcus? Oh, yeah, I was especially happy with the fact that Tennessee beat Kentucky by more than Kentucky beat Tennessee. I didn't want some half-assed, pansy, 13-point win. As long as they won by more than 17, I was going to be happy. So when Tennessee started screwing around near the end of the game when they knew they hadn't won, I was extremely irritated. But thankfully, JT Bone seemed to remember that, oh, that's right, we want to make sure... We win by at least 18, and then they did. Which means Rocky nothing. Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. <laughs> Good old Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. I, the guy who actually pretty much single-handedly took care of Tennessee was out for that game also. We can't forget Reed Travis didn't play, so. It would have been a lot closer. Does he average 20 points a game? No, but he actually he, – No, he pretty well, much, there you go. That wouldn't make any difference, would it? He, he did shut down uh, uh, 
Grant Williams. Grant Williams, that first one. But, you know, hey, it, it, it's – it's all good. You know, uh, they'll probably meet up again in the SEC tournament, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see who wins the tiebreaker. Marcus? Hey, I, hey, that's, a, that's a good point. But I, I did want to ask you, you know, at points yesterday, when UK had certain players on the court, I was confused as to whether I was watching a ball game or the uh, gay pride parade with all those pink shoes out on the floor. What was going on there? What's wrong with 18, 19-year-old supposedly grown-ass men wearing pink shoes? <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll get to that and more. Uh, we appreciate your call, Marcus. Before we let you go, any other controversy you want to stir up or, or anything else you want to you comment on? Yeah. One of, one of your competitor radio shows that's on during the week, had some of one of their little Las Vegas ass-wiping buddies on the other day on the morning show talking about the Kentucky-Tennessee game, and he said, oh, I just don't buy the Tennessee hype. I just don't see how Tennessee can possibly match up with Kentucky. I hope that Wolf was watching that game yesterday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it was a, a big win for Tennessee at home. And all in all, you know, Cal and the Wildcats, they, they, they lost an in-conference road game. That happens. Uh, Marcus, before we let you go, which college basketball team really stands out to you the most right now? Who do you think is going to cut down the nets in March? Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, they probably won't put it on actual television, so I won't be watching it anyway. It'll be on some obscure cable channel that nobody gives a rat's ass about because they're trying to force you to pay for college athletics. Which, you know, if you're dumb enough to do that, more power to you, I guess, but I will not. Okay, Marcus, something uh, you are excited about, it, it would be baseball. What do you think of the recent uh, moves? In the uh, We have Nolan Arenado, uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. We have some free agent movement in the world of Major League Baseball. Is there any store, Are there any stories across the world of baseball that have you intrigued right now? Well, I'd like to know what kind of an asshat moron gives somebody a 13-year contract when they're 26 years old. Didn't anybody pay any attention to the Albert Pujols deal? He he signed through his age 41 season. Now Bryce Harper's signed through his age 39 season. How many really productive baseball players are there at 37, 38, 39 years old? Not many, not many that are worth that much. But you're right, Marcus. For some reason, these general managers keep giving these giant contracts. It's wild. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see for that. Marcus, we appreciate your call as always. Thank you so much. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday, Marcus. Thank you. Go Red Sox. <laughs> Marcus calling in and just poking the bear, right? Yeah, he can keep. Rooting for a coach that hits one absolutely zero couldn't couldn't even get to a final four with uh, Kevin Durant. So, yeah, I mean, did they make the tournament with Kevin Durant? Yes, they. I think they lost first weekend. Okay. Yeah, but uh, to go on the pink shoes, I don't. Pay yeah, what, what about that? He made. Some, I well, don't know if you guys heard, but Marcus yeah. made some comments about the pink shoes. I know Keldon wears them because somebody in his family has cancer. So I mean, that's why he wears them. But uh, I I don't pay attention to what people wear during a game. That's the same thing as uh, people get on Brad Calipari because he don't wear UK gear on on the bench. I mean, why? Why, why is that a big deal to people? Right. Like, what about the IG model that's in the crowd, like 
blowing kisses to one of the players. I think the Instagram model. Yeah, I think she. We live in such a great time. Oh, yeah. I think she's into uh, <laughs> PJ Washington. Oh yeah. They said that's the only person she follows. Oh, okay. So who knows? Good for him. I know Kelton last game was in the, was on the free throw line telling somebody in the stands he loved him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your moment to shine. Yeah. You'd want to capitalize on that. <laughs> I watched. Once again, I was in my Fort Lauderdale and then drove to Miami for the Miami Heat against Detroit Pistons game last Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was at a out of town. And a couple things that I can draw parallels to our conversation now. The Heat, they have those Miami Vice uniforms now, so it's mostly pink. They're wearing pink. I actually like these crazy uniforms yeah. that they come out with. You know, I, the old same stuff – I wish Kentucky would get something new, man, too. Yeah. And also, uh, to draw a parallel to our current conversation, Blake Griffin playing for the Pistons. He's got a, a kid with a woman who also has a kid with Matt Leinert. And I think he pays, is it $380,000 a month in child support? The, so as much as P.J. Washington, and he's probably excited and flattered that the Instagram model follows him and everybody knows about it. I would say, hey man, pump your brakes. Try, try, you know, try to be careful there. How to if you have an older, wise guy who's maybe been around, been in the NBA, Derek Anderson or somebody like that, somebody knows the the routine. I would say just go ahead and get a vasectomy. Honestly, <laughs> you don't want to do a Sean Kemp have ten girls, ten I, kids from eleven different women. <laughs> ten from eleven, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how did Bam play in that game? <laughs> um, Bam looked pretty good. You know what's funny is the consensus. You get to hear. The takes from the fans, and I was talking to a guy who sat behind me. I was sitting in the 10th row up. Great seats. It was awesome. I got to see Dwayne Wade play in his final season. Great experience. I loved it. Shout out to my Uncle Sean for the tickets. Um, But Hassan Whiteside got a big contract. Okay, He's the center for the Heat. And he had some big seasons over the past few years. But the consensus among the Miami Heat fans right now is Hassan Whiteside sucks. And the future... For this team in the post is, bam. Yes. He didn't have his biggest game statistically when I was there on Saturday. But bam, according to everybody who's a Heat fan, is better than all-star center Hassan Whiteside. And actually, uh, Spolstra plays him at the most important moments of the game. My, my Uncle Sean, a big Heat fan, I was talking to him trying to get prepared. Because, you know, if you don't follow each team real closely, you're not really in tune with what the what the what the the pulses of that team and my my uncle Sean been a, a, a Heat fan for many years I think twenty five years he's been following the Heat and that's what he said is is Hassan Whiteside got that big contract but he's not that good Bam is the starting center for this team really yeah. doesn't play quite as many minutes but he plays the important minutes yeah he can guard two through five so Whiteside's more of a low post guy and yeah I think Bam Bam. Whiteside, if they could, they could have traded him last year, but they'll never get the value for him. As far as like his, nobody wants to take a contract. Off. It's right. so wild. We just talked about it with baseball contracts. <laughs> it, it it's is. easy for me. It's like, yeah, don't give anyone a long term contract. That's what I would do. Yes. But these GMs obviously are smart, right? Mm-hmm. They know as much as I do, right? Mm-hmm. You would think, right? So they keep giving these big contracts, which is wild. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Joey uh, Nolan, Votto. Joey Votto. Yeah, he got a 10-year, $250 million contract. Wow. And he still produces. Homer Bailey is somebody that just uh-huh. really burns you. Yeah. You know, the money is not the big thing. It's the years. I don't understand why you have to make it so long. 
for these um, guys, right? Bryce Harper. Bobby Bonilla right. doesn't have a problem with He's it, still no. getting paid, right? He's Bobby. getting paid uh, a few years beyond when – did you see that? Yeah. When Bryce Harper's contract expires in like 2030. Yep. Bonilla still gets paid. Bonilla still has like three years left on his contract. And That's he's like crazy. Almost, how old is Bobby Bonilla? Oh, I'll, I'll bring be, it up. He's got to be 52, 53. Um, did you see what Washington was offering Bryce Harper? They no. was uh They was close to about $300 million. But I think they said a hundred million of that would come after he's sixty years old. What? Yeah. So <laughs> that no, sounds like another Bobby Benilla. I mean, that's kind of. I would sign a contract like that, right? Yeah. Because if I'm, a, if you're a, a, a frugal or prudent mind, and you're thinking, man, I don't want to go broke later. A, I got these Instagram models following me, <laughs> and realistically, I'm going to knock a couple of them up. <laughs> I'm going to have bills for the rest of my life, right? That's right. I, I want a contract that's going to pay me for a long time. Allen Iverson did it with his Adidas deal. They yep. got him to a lifetime deal. So, Allen Iverson, say what you will about him. Reebok. He's still getting paid. Allen Iverson. Because, Is it Reebok? Yeah, okay, because Reebok. Uh, I think after he turns 50, they owe him like $50 million. So, yeah, that was a great contract for him because I, I think he actually went broke. Bobby Benilla... Bobby Bonilla gets one point one nine million today and every July I'm sorry, every July first through twenty thirty five. One point one nine million. You can live a pretty comfortable life on that. Now what are the chances he's gonna go broke in twenty thirty seven or something? Right. That, I mean That's unreal if he did. It, it it is, but statistically he probably will. I hate to say it. I don't assume athletes ever have money. Man, I hear people say, you know, He's rich, you know. He played for so many years in the NFL. I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you ever talked to an NFL player about their pay and their medical bills? Um, NFL's ruthless. MLB's where it's at. That's right. That's I. I don't understand why. Uh, what is it? The the first round pick guy went to football instead of baseball. Oh yeah, because he's he doesn't even have the traditional height for an NFL quarterback. Right, Kyler Murray. Yeah. And, and your your amount of years that you're going to be healthy. In the you know playing football, my goodness. Occasionally, you can get a gig as a uh, Charlie Batch. Remember him? Yes. Uh, you, you're a backup quarterback. You don't get hit. You you hold a clipboard and you get to stick around for like 15 years. Yep. Occasionally, those are some posh type examples, but those are even few and far between in the NFL. Yeah, I think yeah. with baseball though, I mean, it takes so long to get up from the farm system, I and mean, who's to say he don't he don't flame out? And single A ball. Oh yeah, that's that's another good point. He don't want to ride around on a bus. Yeah, right. If he starts out and gets goes with baseball, he's going to start right there. In but bus. even if you do that, you still get paid. That's the thing about baseball. You're getting paid to be in whatever part of Florida and play uh, single A ball or rookie ball. You're getting paid. Right. Yeah. Now you can take the Josh Hamilton route and invest all that money into crack cocaine and tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Or or you can be prudent with it. But, I mean, I, I think overall the baseball lifespan is just better, I think. You play a lot of games. Yeah. It's a grind. I don't think there's as many groupies in baseball as there is in football. See, and he wouldn't get all this limelight, you know, being on a double A or whatever that he would be in the NFL. So are you saying that the, the, 
there not being as many groupies in baseball as a pro or a con? What do you, wait, I think wait, how are you spinning this? I think that's why he didn't go to baseball. I look, I he's, think he's, he's ready for maximizing the, his Instagram models who are going to follow him. He he's still in that. Yeah. Okay, I like that line of thinking, Gary. See, I look at it like this: He got a five million dollar signing bonus with the A's. Okay. Right? If he's a top ten pick, what is his signing bonus going to be in the NFL? He can always flame out of be- uh, football and go to baseball. Ooh. I mean, look at Tim Tebow. If you don't get hurt too bad. No, nah, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I mean, you never know, but still, I just think, I just think, you go to the NFL now. If you make it, great. If not, you've got something to fall back on. Is there any good examples of someone who's went to the NFL, kind of flaked out, and then went to baseball? I can't think any. No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. I mean, obviously Tim Tebow. Yeah, but he he's not doing anything. No, no, he's not gonna. Um, so uh, maybe it can happen. Yeah, because. Your life expectancy in the NFL is nothing to what it is in the, uh, in baseball. That's specifically the reason why I think it's more advisable to go the baseball route. Yeah. I think uh, if you're trying to make a maximizing – let's be honest. Everybody wants to maximize how much money they're making. You can go to the San Diego Padres and get paid the most. They're not contenders. No. I don't care. I'm rich. My kids are rich. That, my, my grandkids are rich. I look at this contract. I think that lasts for a, uh, you know, for six, seven years, and then you get like Anthony Davis, where you're like, man, I am so tired of losing. I will take a pay cut to go somewhere and win a championship. I'd be the easiest baseball player to sign. I'm Why going is that? wherever it's warm. Oh, okay. I mean, who wants to play in Philly? San Diego's a good place to live. Yeah. Big contract. Low expectations. You're getting. That's right. You're getting paid in some nice weather. Seventy-two year round. I think. Yeah, it's got to be nice, man. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Just to recap, I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my man Chris Embry, Gary Love. Gary is at Scouting You on Twitter. Yes. Follow Gary for all things in the world of college athletics, football, and, and basketball recruiting. Once again, at Scouting You. I want to thank our man Doc Parks for the, the production side of things. Of course, also Chris Embry. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. The Weekend Sports Buzz has been on the air for over seven years now in the same time slot, every Sunday from 9 AM until 11. We are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. They offer... Classes in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, uh, wrestling, and of course, mixed martial arts. They also have a a, a women's program. So if you're a female and you're interested in learning to defend yourself, check out Louisville Combat Academy. Plenty to talk about this morning. I, I say it over and over again. The bread and butter of our show, because of the market we're in, is college basketball. If we were located in, I don't know. Texas or, you know, somewhere else in the country, we wouldn't be focused on college basketball so much. But our listeners, Blue, you know, Kevin, 
uh, Mike, the people who call in, what they want to hear about is college basketball. Mm-hmm. That's why we have our man Gary Love and Chris Embry and, and really Doc also. Um, is because we've all grown up in this area and we know college basketball, right? Yes. I mean, first and foremost, you guys all have memories from your childhood that are closely tied in with being a fan of college basketball, meeting players, you know, different types of memories uh, for that. So when looking at the, the current season, and we try to have, let's say, a little bit of a historical context to this. Obviously, what matters is the result at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, in March, does Cal make the Final Four? Does he get the Wildcats to the Final Four? That's the big story. Not to skip over the University of Louisville and their, their opportunities to have success this year, but realistically, the big story in the state right now, in the area, is the, the Kentucky Wildcats. And how far are they going to go in March? Yes, yes. And going over some stats from yesterday's game, Kentucky only hit 14 field goals. The Interesting. Last, the last time they did that was 2014 with the Aaron Harrison team at South Carolina. Okay. So, if there's any parameters there, they made that team made it to the championship game. You know, I think it's good to uh, get brought back down to reality before the tournament starts. Yes. Uh, I think that game can get them regrouped and ready for – the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament, and uh, you know, I think uh, they'll do. They'll win the last two regular season games. I, I believe I, Ole Miss will be a tough one. It is. You you can't let Tennessee beat you twice, which means they beat you yesterday. You can't have lose a hangover in the SEC. No, tournament. you can't have a hangover and lose to Ole Miss. Oh, okay. Tuesday night. That means they beat you twice, and that's at Ole Miss. <clears throat> yes, I mean. So. Who really? Who realistically thought ten, UK was going to go to Tennessee yesterday and win the game? They've lost four. They've lost four years in a row down there. Right. The John Wall team lost down there. I mean, it's a hard place to play. Absolutely, it is. Mississippi's nineteen and ten. The game is Tuesday at eight p.m. And they could definitely beat Kentucky. I'm sorry, Tuesday at nine p.m. Yes, I'm sorry, nine p.m. game. Yeah, they shoot a ton of threes. Their guards are quick. Uh, they got one big inside guy, kind of slow. So if Kentucky should win the game, you think Reed Travis will sit out this game as well? Yes, I think Reed Travis is he's shooting for Senior Day next Saturday against Florida to get his conditioning back up for for a tournament run. But like Cal said, Cal said he's not even cutting yet, and mm. he said he's not going to play unless. In, Unless, until he can run the floor and cut and make moves and stuff like that. Hmm. How important is Reed Travis? Oh, he's, he's huge. If, he, if we have a hierarchy, okay, so who's the most important player for Kentucky? Kelton Johnson? No, I no, actually PJ. would think P.J. Washington PJ. now. Yes. Okay. Doc's shaking his head. Doc, don't don't be shy back there. Feel free to chime in. So who's – you're all three in consensus that the most valuable player on this roster – for the Wildcats, P.J. Washington. The most valuable player is P.J. I think the most important player is Reed Travis because he guards oh, the wow. guy's best post player. Yeah. He, he takes – you know, like like Cal said, in the first U- Tennessee-Kentucky game, Reed Travis guarding Grant Williams allowed P.J. Washington to rest on defense. And then that's when your offensive game steps up. That's right. Yeah, I think that's why he played so good against them that first game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it takes pressure off PJ when you when you have Reed Travis out, you can key on PJ Washington 
And Nick Richards and uh, E.J. Montgomery, they are doing pretty good with the absence of Reed Travis, but it's not the same. You're, you're talking about a different game plan when he's in there. Uh, I think Reed Travis actually uh, helps open up the offense when they don't. For having a physical, significant, experienced presence on the inside, in the interior. Yep. That's what Reed Travis brings to the table here. He's got the experience, and yep. he, he's physical. Absolutely. He's he's a big-time bruiser, and uh, a lot of the guys said he's the toughest guy they've had to play against this year. A lot of the opposing players. A lot of Kentucky's big wins this year. He's watching the games. You know, he's played well. You can see that he's act. He's very active on the inside. You Absolutely. know, he's getting tips. He's getting uh, uh, grabbing rebounds that other guys don't even look like they're going for. You know, Reed Travis is very active. Yeah, heck of yeah. a pickup for for Cal, really. In yeah, hindsight, he's Pac-12 Player of the Year, so he can play. He can play some ball. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like Hero didn't have a great game yesterday, but over his last eight games, he's averaging sixteen point six points a game, shooting fifty one percent from three point range. And he w- had the number one defender on him. The their best defender was guarding Hero yesterday, and pretty much shut him down. Uh, I didn't even look at the uh, stats that very much, but I know we didn't really have anybody doing any. They, everybody was below their average yesterday. Yeah. What do you guys think of the Tyler Hero Rex Chapman comparisons? Um, I don't think it's even close. Tyler shoots it better, and, and Rex Chapman was a better athlete, better dunker. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just because they're white. Yeah. Well, and another good uh, thing that a lot of people aren't looking at, he uh, Tyler Hero is actually the best free throw shooter in Kentucky history right now, and by a good margin. Did you see that? The free th- did I say free throws? Or- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's shooting ninety three point eight. Yeah. And the next closest guy was Cal Macy at ninety one point three or something like that. So. Um, he brings a lot to the table. He's a shooter. What that tells yeah. me is, I always said that about Allen Iverson, is you look at the line, he could really knock him down at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. That's a good indicator of not only are you going to make free throws in the clutch and throughout the game, but if you're wide open for a jump shot, I mean, that guy's a good shooter. Right. Pretty simple. It translates over. I mean, that tells me that Tyler, Tyler Hero is, in fact, you know, a great shooter. Well, I think it's funny too. We we didn't really talk much about the game before the Tennessee uh, game. Auburn is isn't that who we played? Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when uh, you know he was at the line, Tyler Hero was at the line, and that guy's like, "You're gonna miss it or something." He yeah. called himself a bucket, which <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know what it means, but uh, he called Tyler Hero called himself a bucket. He said, "I'm a bucket." The guy told me he's gonna miss it. He said, "No, I'm a bucket." <laughs> I don't know. They caught it on camera. You could see him saying it, but uh, well, maybe that's something the kids are saying. Maybe we should incorporate that into our vernacular. <laughs> you know, I'm 35. You guys are about 43, 41, yeah. 41. Gary, 44, 44. Okay, Doc, 28, 28. Okay, you know, if we want to be cool, stay hip. Maybe we need to start using some of those words, right? I'm a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. It sounded good when I said it, didn't it? Yeah, it was pretty good. Tyler Hero said it, so I mean, I got a new drop now. You got a new drop. I'm a bucket. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, he's got some swagger to him. I do like him. Uh, he does have, uh, 
you know, it's pretty comparable with Rex Chapman and, and the swagger aspect. But no, Rex Chapman was the king on campus. I mean, uh, if you look back at it, he was John Wall, right? I'm in that realm of player. Yes. Uh, having people following him around and stuff. Yeah. But uh, he also has swagger on Twitter right now, doesn't he? Yeah. Rex Chapman's tweeting a lot of yeah. says blocker charge. And those are funny, actually. They're funny, yeah. yeah. I've been retweeting a lot of them. Yeah. You know, he had a, a clip of Hakeem Olajuwon punching a guy. Yeah. Recently, he had another clip of Is Kareem. that Kurt Rambis? Uh, I, no, I don't know. It was, I thought it was Kurt Rambis. It may have been. Yeah. May have been. I didn't see who it was. It was a white guy. But Rodney McRae was in that clip. So we had Jonathan Blue, who on Twitter pointed out, and they got a lot of retweets, is Rodney McRae appearance mm-hmm. in the, the Rex Chapman tweet about Hakeem Olajuwon from years ago. So very uh, certain guys, you know, uh, who is the big guy, Doc, in the UFC who has an active, very impressive Instagram account? Uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. Thank you. Yes. So it's interesting how people, even after they're retired, if they can have a a very entertaining Instagram or Twitter account, that kind of stands out. That's a big part of their marketing. Almost like they could hire someone to do it. Yeah. You know, you want to have a funny Instagram or funny Twitter, this is your guy. Rex Chapman's doing it for me right now. I'm looking at it right now. That that may be, I don't think that's Kurt Rambis. That's Utah Jazz. That might be Mark Eaton. I think that's Mark Eaton. You think so? I think so. You tell me. It's Utah Jazz. I don't know. Big white guy. Mark Eaton, 7'4". I don't know. I'll check it out. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't know if but it's Rambis Mark was Eaton. a Laker. He is wearing purple and gold, yeah. but I, I think it's the Utah Jazz. Man, I remember, team just punched him. Yeah, I remember Marcus Eaton. I mean, the he always had the beard. Okay, yeah. So he doesn't have a beard there. Yeah. So this is another big white guy for the the Jazz. Looks like his uh, maybe eighty six or something like what, that. What's some of the best? Couldn't have been eighty six. Fight eighty eight in the NBA. You can remember. Good question, Golly. Um, the malice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of the malice at the palace. <laughs> yeah. But that was fan on player, right? I mean, that's what makes it so great. The best contact yeah. I saw was when Jermaine O'Neal got a running start. And just punch that little fat guy. Laid, he laid him <laughs> out. And that was a fan. Yeah. Fan shouldn't have came on the court. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal, that would have hurt, right? Oh, yeah. You know, Seven-foot Jermaine O'Neal got a running start and just punched him as hard as he could. A little fat guy just fell down. Of course, shouldn't have been on the court. Um, so the, 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 uh, the malice at the palace in Auburn Hills with Steven Jackson, uh, Ron Artest, uh, ben Wallace. I was watching that live when it happened. Yeah. Man. Ron Artest was what laying on the scores table, people chugging berries at him. Yep. Yeah, that was Ron Artest's fault. I mean, not the entire thing, but yeah. he, you know, you're laying on. What was he doing? He was laying uh, on yeah. the scores table, pretending to take a nap or something yeah. stupid. <laughs> you Someone had, threw a, fa- uh, a drink at him. Stephen Jackson had his back. They ran up into the stands. I was working in a restaurant at the time. My buddy was bartending. And I was over there working. You know, I wasn't watching that exact second. But my buddy was like, God. And he came and ran and got me. We dropped everything. He ignored our customers. <laughs> um, seriously, that was a, a, a memorable moment. I think it was in 05 or something. Yeah. You had Latrell Sprewell choking out. P.J. Carlissimo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, NBA guys are, are, are fake tough guys. Yeah, I mean some of the some of the fights Shaquille O'Neal got into have been terrible. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, he he couldn't land one for anything. He swung at Brad Miller. I remember Brad Miller and he of moved, Purdue. He moved his head at the exact time, or he would have been knocked out. Yeah, head movement's important. <laughs> yeah. right, Him and Charles Barkley got in a yeah. terrible fight. Yep. Oh, how about some of the uh, bad boys, uh, the Pistons from back? Bill Lambeer, man, that was that was real fighting. What about Robert Parrish about knocking Bill Lambeer out that time? Uh, my, my, my father has always told me reference. This is the type of conversation that sports junkies have <laughs> apparently. Right. Uh, but, but who was the coach of the Rockets when they won their back to back Rudy T Rudy Chomjanovich, yeah. I think Kermit Washington or some, it may not be Kermit Washington, but a big NBA center got into it with Rudy T and just laid him out. And that's why Rudy T's face is messed up at half court. Yeah. Yeah. That was vicious. That's the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, is it, is what, that the uh, worst? Yeah. Does that get the, the nod for worst? I, I think so. Yeah. 20 game suspension, I think, is what he ended up getting. Um, the Knicks had some pretty good fights. The Knicks, yeah. okay. Charles Oakley. How and, about uh, okay. Anthony yeah. uh, Mason? Anthony Mason. How about the coach getting dragged by uh, Van Gundy with his hairpiece? His, his, <laughs> his comb over coming <laughs> off, and he's crawling at, uh, not at Marcus Camby, but. May have been Alonzo Mourning or PJ Brown or one of those guys for the Heat. I think, if I remember correctly, yeah. um, I may be leaving somebody else off, but I think it was the Heat. That one was of those funny. Uh, exciting playoff moments. Jeff Van Gundy does not come across. Neither does his brother as being very intimidating. Yeah. No, I don't think many NBA players are going to be scared of either of those guys. Every time I see Jeff Van Gundy, he reminds me of that movie Kingpin. Oh yeah, <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Oh man, with yeah. the, with the, the comb over. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I I love it. I love – there was a big fight between Memphis and Louisville many years ago. Oh, I I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about batteries being thrown and it was being a vicious crowd throwing stuff. (laughs) I don't know. That's – you don't see that as many – as much now uh, from fans in college games. Now, there was – uh, one of the Harrison twins got into it with the little chubby guy. Remember that? At Arkansas, yeah. Uh, well, Ole Miss the other night when they lost, they loaded the court with cups. They was throwing everything they could find out on the court after a game. So they've kind of kept the fans calm for the most part. But every once in a while you'll get them. Should we just have the theme of the weekend sports buzz be, let's just talk about the best fights Oh yeah, uh, outside of sporting oh, events. What's yeah. the – <laughs> Doc, you you like that? Oh, it's great. What's the best fight to happen outside of like an MMA or boxing cage? Not in the cage, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, the, obviously the the Khabib and and Connor stuff that was wild, right? Yeah. Oh, you're talking is it recently? Cause that's when he threw the dolly and all that. Well, that led up to it, but right. Khabib, people have been talking trash about him. Khabib beat Connor, choked him out, and then he jumped out of the cage over. Into the crowd, going after who was it? He was going after Doc Dylan Danis. Dylan Danis, new Doc would know that. <laughs> Hate that guy. That's what we. Everybody should. hates Dylan Danis. That's what we should do. Have a new segment. Everybody training here at MMA, and have like yourself or a professional that you have in here, and we'll break down film on fights and see what they did and what they did wrong. What do you think? <laughs> I like it actually. Carmelo yeah. Anthony um, had the one. Remember where he punched and kind of moved back? Which t- tactically, that's not a bad idea, right? I mean, he gets a lot of flack for it. For punching and then not standing there and getting hit, I guess. But, I mean, the goal is to hit and not get hit. So, I, I give Carmelo Anthony, I forget exactly who that 
beef was with. Do you guys remember? Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony had a moment where he swung at somebody, and then he backed up, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you swing, and then you run. In my mind, I'm thinking that's what you want to do, yeah. yeah. right? You want to hit and then get away and not get hit, maybe sneak back in and hit again. But right. there's no, no... Has anybody's career fell off faster than his did? Carmelo? Yes. It was just like one year he was good, and the next year he was just... Does he even he have done. a team now? No. He was not a good teammate ever, though, no, was he's he? Ball hog, but except for in the Olympics and in college, the Olympics he killed it. Coach K loves him. Aside from that, which no. is wild, that's a, a, a exception or whatever the word would be. Remember how good they were when he was in Denver? Yep. I mean, it was real. They they had him. They had Martin. J.R. Smith, Kenyon Martin. Yeah. How could that have not worked out? <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Kenyon Martin, and J.R. Smith. That's George Call, the coach in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. How's that not going to work out? <laughs> that seems like three, re- uh, you know, team records all together, right? Yep. But you know, he made enough money. Hopefully, he's not broke. Since we were t- <laughs> due to the, the theme of this, which what we're talking about is uh, press conference punches or you know NBA fights, things like that. Follow me on Facebook, Kelly Patrick. Um, I'm going to share a couple of them today. But, but there's a good, uh, I forget who it was. There's a good, really good clip from a press conference for two boxers, and one of the guys just drops the other guy. Just a one-two. Just a one-two. Um, so, you know, doesn't have to be. Doc, any fights we've left off? Uh, Chris Shields hitting Kobe Bryant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chris Childs. Chris yeah. Childs. Yeah, Chris yeah. Childs. And Kobe. I remember that. Knicks and, and Lakers. Yeah. Yep. Knicks used to fight everybody. I knew you had one. You were sitting on one over there, Doc. I could tell. I just it was two real good clean punches. Yeah. Bang bang. Yeah, that's the thing is if you ever talk trash to somebody and you know out of nowhere they just immediately punch you in the face, you're like, oh wow, right? That guy's not messing around. That's the key. That's the yep. key. If anybody takes anything away from our show today, <laughs> right? I want it to be that if somebody talks trash to you. And they're within striking range. Go ahead and just pop them a couple times. A good example of that, <laughs> speaking of outside the ring fights, is Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva. Oh, okay, the on the ultimate. Tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He didn't uh, hit him first, but he took him down first and then started hitting him. There's the one one fight uh, backstage. I, I know I always default to MMA, and I go back to MMA, and that's not what our show is all about. But there's the, jiu-jit- the guy who said jiu-jitsu didn't work. I forget who it was. You may know. Uh, Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bennett. Okay. And he got attacked in the back of a... And uh, the, 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 the video, they say, is edited, actually. So we don't know exactly what happened. Right? Uh, Crazy Two people horse held him down and he choked him out. Maybe we're not talking about the yeah, same video. Yeah, maybe we're t- not talking about the same video. Crazy Horse is an active fighter. I think he fights at 145. B- Bennett. I think I'm friends right. with him. It's also the name of a beer, ain't it? Crazy Horse. <laughs> Back in the day, they used to have a beer named Crazy Horse. Um, what we should do before we uh, go off for the day, we need to start getting our seedings, projected seedings for the tournament. Okay. I mean, it's getting late in the season, so this time, next, this time, well, two weeks from today, we'll know the where everybody stands. Gary Love at Scouting You on Twitter. I see you got your notes there. You are always prepared. Mm-hmm. What do you have for us? Right now, if the season ended today, I've got Louisville a seven seed, and I've got Kentucky a two seed, which I don't care if they get a one or two as long as they're in Louisville. 
So you, if they, if it takes a two seed to get in Louisville, give me a two seed. And Indiana is going to the NIT. Okay. That's pretty. Yeah. I I don't think um, Louisville's a seven. Mm-hmm. I think Louisville's going to be uh, a nine seed actually. Okay. Uh, or nine or eight, it don't matter. You're you're playing each other, eight nine. Um, and I think Kentucky gets a two seed. And yeah, I think Indiana will be left out. Um, I don't know. They could they could make some uh, a run in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, but I think I think they have to start off with Michigan. Uh, somebody else. Oh so yeah, it's, it's yeah, rough. that'll be a little rough. So Gary, as of today, you say U of L is a seven seed. Mm-hmm. UK is a two seed. UK two. Okay. Indiana's NIT. All right, Chris, you say. Kentucky two, Louisville. I'll go ahead and say an eight, eight. Okay, and and IU. Yeah, they'll they'll be left out, and they probably NIT. Yeah. Okay. Doc, you got predictions here. What do you think uh, the Wildcats are going to be? What seed? Just to be different, uh, I'll go with Kentucky with two seed as well. Though Louisville nine seed, NIT flunks out first round. NIT. Or Indiana, rather, flunks out first round of the NIT. NIT first round exit. You can survive those. Cal has. Yep. Right? And, and you I mean, have Louisville, to wonder. Louisville has. They got beat by 30 last year to Mississippi State. Yep. So, Was yeah. it even worth having Romeo Lankford that one year for him? I wonder if Romeo Lankford wishes he went somewhere else. Like Louisville. <laughs> right? That's where I, he wanted to go. I think he does. Yeah. Think he'd be doing better? Think the, oh, the oh team, yeah. Obviously, Louisville's a better team right now than the Hoosiers, right? Better team, better offense. And I think Chris Mack's a better coach than what he has at Indiana. You guys are still high on Chris Mack, aren't you? Mm-hmm. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. Because you got a sample size. He was he was Xavier for for nine years, maybe I think two or three Elite Eights. Yeah, he's a really good coach. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Indiana coach caught lightning in a bottle and they hired him a little too early. That's my opinion, but, you know. What he did at Dayton yeah. wasn't quite what a lot of people thought it was. Gary, you agree with that? Yeah, because Archie Miller's overrated. Yeah, I think he is. And uh, Indiana is not going to like the offense he runs. They, he wants to score 60 points a game. But I will give you all uh, a little tidbit before we get off here. I think I know who UCLA's next coach is going to be. Oh, wow. Go on. Luke Walton. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, but that's a – that reeks of a uh, 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 Lane Kiffin type hire. Unless, unless they, that is a good. Unless they yeah. get rid of uh, Sean Miller at Arizona, I think he'll be at UCLA next year. What about Rick Pitino? Where's he going to coach? It'd be a small school. No, no big time school is going to touch him right now. He will end up at a major school again. I think. Though. You think I mean, so? He's he's young enough. Isn't it wild how long these coaches can go? All he needs, how many years does Rick have left? Ten. It could, yeah. All he needs is one year at a smaller school just to break that ice so you're not the first guy that hires him at a big – The Greek league he's in, I think he won the championship. Right. He just walked right in and – And he's comparing their fans to Kentucky fans. Did you see that? Yeah. It's been a great show, guys. I want to thank our man Gary Love, Chris Embry, producer, uh, Doc Parks. Thank you very much. It's been a great weekend, Sports Buzz. We come at you every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m., talking all things in the world of sports. Have a great week, everybody. We will be back next Sunday.